This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out on Old Faithful Pony Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. Let's get up. Got to get a getting. And uh, and we need to be out up and about our Father's business. You know, I find that we living in a day when uh, there's a lot of uh, slothfulness, a lot of laziness in our folks. Now, I know, I remember, Dan, back there when I was a child, everybody was industrious. Our families were industrious. My family, my dad worked hard and he made made sure that my brother and I and my babies, my younger sister, younger than me, we all, we had to work. We raised strawberries and we had to pick them strawberries and then come home from picking bean bears off to the store and come home, hit the bean patch or either uh, knocking corn stalks and plowing up the new ground and Someone commented to me the other day, said, you know, you don't see any kids out in the street, out in the front yards playing ball or uh, hopscotch or mumble pig. You don't see, you know why, my friend? Because we've allowed them to sit in front of a television or a computer or whatever. And then they wonder why there's so much obesity in the world today. It's because they're lazy, my friend. That's why my brother and I, uh, we, we, we came up on that farm. And I remember when I was, well, when I went in the Navy when I was about 18 years old, I, I wore size of 32 pants. I did. I did. had a 32 pair, 32-inch waist, and my brother the same way. And both of us were six feet tall, and we were slim as a, as a rail, they call it, because we worked hard. And that's what's wrong with our families today, our children getting fat. They're so fat and because they don't do a thing. You don't, mom and pop don't have anything for them to do. And I know when you're living in, in the city, so to speak, you don't have any grass to cut the mats or nothing. But most of it is because of neglect. We neglect our children. And uh, we, ought to, we, ought to, we ought to do something for them. Put them out somewhere, uh, uh, helping the neighbors and do something. But uh, that's another subject for another day. And I know, I know what we're suffering from. But uh, our, our country's gone to pot, isn't it? It is. It's gone to pot. And I remember the good old days, my friend. We were poor. Sure, we were poor. But we didn't know it. And, uh, but we were happy. I, I don't think children are happy today. That's why they indulge in drugs and, and uh, all this illicit stuff and, and running around at night and all that. When, when, when we were kids, when I was a kid, we didn't go nowhere at night. We were too tired because we worked come home from school and change clothes and hit the field, go back to the field, doing something. And uh, it was always that way. And I praise the Lord for that. And I, my heart goes out to our young children today. And I know there's exceptions to the rule, but as a rule, our kids don't do anything. But let's get back to our study. We're looking there at the total depravity of the human heart. In our last study, we were looking there in the 16th chapter of Ezekiel, speaking of uh, uh, how that no power, no human intellect, no eloquence, no human personality can raise a dead sinner to a state of spiritual light. No, no. Salvation is not only by blood, my friend, but it's by power. It takes the power of God to save a sinner. Now let's go back. Let's notice there in verse 8. I hope you have your Bibles there handy where you can reach over and get it. But let's look. Let's look. In the 16th chapter of Ezekiel in verse 8, you talk about love. Here's the greatest expression of God's love for a lost sinner that you'll ever find anywhere in God's Word. I have folks tell me, oh, I don't read the Old Testament. I don't read anything but the New Testament. Well, you're just a fool. That's what I call you. You're just a fool. 
Listen to that eighth verse. He says, Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was a time of love. Thy time was a time of love. I, I can't quit repeating that. This is a uh, poetical way of putting God falling into love with falling in love with a sinner. How, how do you look upon the Lord, my friend? Do you do you think He's a tyrant or something that that says the soul that sinneth it shall die? That's all true. But my friend, our Lord, our Lord is is, is love. God is love. The Scripture said, my friend, God loves sinners. Did you know that? Awaken sinner out there today who hear me. The Lord loves sinners. What what compassion the Lord had when He was nailed there to the cross. In all of that, after being uh, assaulted by the by the by the Roman soldiers and thronged thronged by the spear and by the uh, uh, back on his back, the stripes laid on his back. There, nailed to the cross, his heart was full of love, and it came out in compassion. He said, "Father, forgive them." For what? For they know not what they do. Now let me ask you a personal, heart-searching question: Do you have a forgiving spirit? Do you, my friend? Do you have a forgiving spirit? Are you easily offended by people who may not know what they're doing, may not be intentionally causing you problems? But do you have a forgiving spirit? Do you ever turn the other cheek, my friend? Oh, listen. You know what that is? That's a sign of a new heart. A new heart and a new life. It has a forgiving spirit. The Lord exemplified that on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He knew. He knew and he knows the human heart. He knows those folks were crying, crucify, crucify. You know, they had a tradition there that at that time of the year, they always released one of the prisoners. And uh, Pilate asked them, said, well, should I release Barabbas or Jesus? Barabbas was a terrible criminal. And I often think about Barabbas. I believe the Lord got a hold to his heart there in the midst of that strong and smoke and dust and corruption and collusion and all of those things. I believe after they turned old Barabbas loose, I believe he went over there somewhere and took his place behind a, a, a tree or a rock or bus somewhere. And I believe he observed the crucifixion of our blessed Lord. I believe he did. I believe he did. I believe the Lord got a hold to him. I do. You say, well, you're an old fool, trailblazer. Well, maybe I'm an old fool. But I just know that it would be just like our Lord to save old Barabbas. And I'm looking forward to see him one day there in the portals of glory. And to hear him say how the Lord touched his heart. You say, well, that's foolish. No. Did you see the thief there? Those two thieves nailed to the cross, bleeding, dying, screaming, hollering, and uh, railing on the Lord, cursing him, saying, save thyself and us. And then in just a few seconds, in a short time, one of them turned to him and said, Lord, Lord, remember me. Why did he do that? Because the Lord, by his infinite grace, opened his heart to see. He, he's, all of a sudden, he realized, this is the Son of God. This man has done nothing amiss. This man is a, is a good man, they call it. He, he'd heard the reports, and he saw 
that rabble crew, and he saw that they released Barabbas, and they crucifying now an innocent. Oh, my friend, listen. But I believe that's what the Lord does every sinner. You and I, you and I are no better than Barabbas. We're no better than that man on the cross, that thief. No, but I tell you this, the Lord had mercy on that poor thief. He had mercy on Barabbas, my friend. I believe with all my heart that old Barabbas, that we'll see him in heaven. I do. I don't know what his sin was, but he was, they said he, tradition says he was a terrible person. But, but they cried, release Barabbas, release him, release him, crucify Jesus. And that's what they did, my friend, that rabble crew. But the Lord had compassion on them as he was dying. He said, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. I asked you, do you have a forgiving spirit? We don't have much of that in today's world, do we? We live in a, in a, in a hate-chased world, you know, rad dog-eat-dog world. We do. We do, my friend. You, you just you drive down the road and you glance over at somebody on the highway next to you and they'll give you an ugly face and wave at you with a, with, a, with a hand full of hate. My friend, you haven't done them anything. I know. I've, I've been in the world. I know what's happened out there. But my friend, do you, let's talk about you. Do you have a forgiving spirit? Can you forgive those? Can you forgive those who abuse you and turn the other cheek and say, Lord, you deal with it. I can't deal with it. But that's what the Lord does. And we saw this man here, uh, the old thief on the cross. The Lord gave him. Now, the Lord passed by this group of folks, uh, and he said, Thy time is a time of love. As I said, it's the, the Lord God of heaven falling in, love, falling in love with a sinner. He said, When I passed by thee, and I saw thee, when I gazed upon thee, I loved thee. He said, Live. And what love, what compassion, what pity. From a sovereign, eternal God for a lost, corrupt sinner who has nothing in the world within him that could attract the attention or cause God to love him, my friend. God loves a sinner simply and only because that love resides in the heart of God. Then he said, as I stood by thee, I saw thee, fell in love with thee, I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. I spread my skirt over thee. It means that God imputed his perfect righteousness to an unrighteous sinner. That's what salvation is, my friend. The Lord takes the blood, covers your sin, just like he did there in the garden, in the, in the outside the garden where he slew those animals and took the skins and covered their sins, covered up their nakedness so that it would be out of his sight. Did you know the Lord can't look upon sin? No, no, sir. Have you ever asked the Lord to, to save you? Have you ever asked the Lord to wash you and cleanse you in, in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? My friend, the blood, the blood goes deeper than the stain. Dr. Roloff has a song that he sings once in a while. The blood goes deeper than the stain. You and I are stained with sin. We have that, I call it an eternal stain. Oh, we're stained with sin. We, we're polluted in our own blood. We're polluted with sin, that dreadful sin, my friend, from the, from the womb. The Bible says we are conceived in sin, shapen in iniquity, gone forth as, uh, just going forth speaking lies from our youth up, my friend. That's what we are, depraved, depraved without any goodness whatsoever. And I know this is not a popular message, 
No, no, no. We never gonna make the the, the best list or the uh, number one list for good preachers. No, sir. But my friend, we're not trying to be. We're not trying to make a name for myself or this ministry. No, sir. All we're doing is telling you that God loves sinners. Are you a sinner? Have you ever seen your sinfulness, my friend? Have you ever gazed upon yourself by faith? You you know your heart, don't you? Has the Lord ever shown you, oh, no, I'm not a sinner. I won't take. No, no. If you haven't, you, you don't know anything about yourself. Ask the Lord to reveal yourself to yourself. Show me my heart, Lord. I, I, I charge you, my friend. I admonish you. Ask the Lord to show you your heart. If you will, he'll show it to you. And then he'll give you a cry unto himself for righteousness. To come to him and be washed and cleansed is only he can do. But remember the old trailblazer? My address, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my phone number here is area code 225-664-8658. But go there and look us up on our website, radiomissions.org. And you can find much information there about our radio log and, and materials that we have and uh, how you can hear us over the Internet. Goodbye and God bless you.